0: You are listening to the African Campfire Stories podcast. The African Campfire Stories podcast is a podcast program that is dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. Welcome. African history, we have to go through a lot of information, including names of places and names of people. Should you pick up anything that we get wrong, or if you just need to reach us, please use our website www.africancampfirestories.com. You can also reach us on our social media pages, on Twitter, African Campfire Stories, on Facebook, African Campfire Stories, and on Instagram, African Campfire Stories. To create this podcast, we use sources from historians, academics, and other writers. Thank you very much to all the men and women who write about African history. Now, on to today's episode. This is special episode, Roman numeral 1. The USA and Russia's pre-Cold War intervention in Africa. Please note that this is our very first special episode. We will go back to the Cold War Porn story on the upcoming episode 7. So stay tuned for episode 7. So what are special episodes? We will use the special episodes to provide you, our special listener, with additional content. Content that is over and above our normal programming. For instance, right now, our normal programming is the Cold War Porn series. And we are on episode 6 of our normal programming. And the next episode of our normal programming is episode 7. The special episodes will be numbered differently from our normal programming. We will use Roman numerals for numbering them. For instance, today's special episode is Roman numeral 1. Today's special episode has somewhat of a resonance with our Cold War Pawns series. Why? Because it tackles the two countries that are the main players in the Cold War, the USA And the USSR. And it also covers Africa. Remember we stated in episode 4 that Russia became the USSR after the 1917 communist revolution? It became Russia again after the USSR fell in 1991. But other special episodes will not always necessarily be related to our normal programming. Specialist episodes will cover book reviews. When we get an African history book that we are interested in and would like to share with you. Some special episodes will cover movies on African history that we take a fancy to. Some special episodes will cover history stories and events related or not related to our normal programming. Today's special episode also provides us with an opportunity to go home for a day and cover the African continent and take a break from the international discussion of our Cold War Pawns series. We hope that you'll enjoy our special episodes. On today's special episode, we will cover the brief history of the USA and Russia's pre-Cold War involvement in Africa. We will start with America, because their involvement in Africa is much older. It begins with the pirates. And no, this is not about Somalian pirates, nor is it about the piracy in the Caribbean. In the 1600s, pirates in North Africa started attacking British ships that were passing the Barbary Straits. The Barbary Straits are called that because they are part of the Mediterranean Sea that is adjacent to the Berber countries of Libya, Tunisia, and Morocco. So Berber, Barbary, got it? Okay, after the 1776 American Revolution, America became an independent country and the newly formed America inherited the danger from the Barbary pirates. These pirates became so emboldened that they started asking for tribute from the American government. Tribute, in this case, means that the pirates were asking the Americans to pay if they wanted their ships to pass through the Barbary Straits. In 1800, Thomas Jefferson took over as US President and promptly said, Hell no, we ain't paying for that. The pirates said, Okay, let's see if your ships will pass here. So began, in 1801, what is known to history as the First Barbary War. Sometimes it's called the Tripolitian War or the Barbary Coast War. Tripolitian, as in Tripoli, the city located in Libya. Jefferson's bravado aside, the USA had been paying tribute to the pirates. From 1876, America was paying these pirates. By 1797, America had paid an amount that amounted to one fifth of the US annual budget. Folks, that's a lot of money, one-fifth and it makes you marvel at how quickly things can change. Imagine if these pirates were to ask that much money from Donald Trump right now. I get a feeling that some bombing will take place. History is never simple though. Not all the Barbary countries were going to fight against America. The Sultan of Morocco sold out or he was pro-American let's say. Or he thought attacking ships in this manner was madness and it violated international law. In any case, Muhammad III, who was the Sultan of Morocco at that time, decided to enter into a peace agreement with America in 1771. This agreement is important for a few reasons. Number one, it was the first time America had entered into an agreement of any sort with any African country. Number two, this is still to this day America's longest unbroken treaty of friendship with any country, whether African or otherwise. In 1787, Morocco became one of the first countries to recognize the newly formed USA. In any case, America won both Barbary Wars. Oh, we had forgotten to say that there was a second Barbary War. The second one was conducted in 1815 by Jefferson's successor, US President James Madison. Both fellows are highly regarded in the US as America's founding fathers. Now, on to Liberia and the USA. These two also go way back, way back to 1819. In 1819, the US Congress set aside $100,000 for the establishment of Liberia. This seems like a very stingy amount to be paying to establish a country, even considering the fact that this was way back. In 1819, even George Bush Jr., who is supposed to be the worst president ever, gave Africa something way more generous than that. In any case, it seems that back in 1819, you could start an entire country with just $100,000. As funny as that may seem, this U.S. intervention in Liberia had a tragic side. The USA sent former black American slaves into Liberia. But these slaves were not just meant to live free in Liberia and everyone there would be merry ever after. No, they were supposed to go there and take over Liberia from its native inhabitants. US President Howard Taft said the following horrific words in 1909. "Open quote, It will be remembered that the interest of the United States in the Republic of Liberia springs from the historical fact of the foundation of the republic by the colonizing of american citizens of the african race." Close quote. America was pledging to help the minority black americans sent to liberia to overpower the majority liberian natives. To show that America wasn't playing, she helped the minority americans suppress rebellions by the native tribes of liberia in 1821 in 1843 in 1876, in 1910, and in 1915. Okay, this is all depressing. Let us now lighten things up by discussing the pre-Cold War history of Russia in Africa. First and foremost, you'll remember from our previous episode, especially episode 4, that before 1917, the USSR was the Russian Empire. So, when the Russian Empire broke up in 1917, It had been ruled over by a family called the Romanovs. The last Romanov emperor's family was shot by the communists. They shot him, his wife, and his four children. But hold on a bit. Here comes some insanity. Enter Anton Bakov. This guy is fun to talk about because he seems crazy. He was a member of the Russian parliament. This Anton Bakov isn't a story from way back in the day. This is a recent story. Anton Embarked upon a journey to revive the Russian Empire in Africa. (laughs) Again, this isn't way, way back. This is very recent. Even in Russia itself, there had hardly been people who want to revive the Romanov dynasty. So, why Anton thought Africa was suited to his plans is a mystery. In Russian circles, people were laughing their behinds off at this story. But Anton Bakov was intent on doing this, and he was very serious very very serious this is why this guy is funny because he's rich he was going to go into west africa and buy some islands over there and create a new russian empire in west africa in fact he founded a micronation which he called the imperial throne somewhere in west africa he then sought to gain international recognition for his country slash nation that did not happen As in, no one was going to go along with this type of madness. But Anton wasn't done. He was supposed to run in an election for Russian president, but he pulled out. Why did he pull out? Because he was now a citizen of the Gambia in West Africa, so he claimed. So, of course, he could not run in Russia if he was now a Gambian citizen. He also claimed that the Gambia was going to find him land, or rather islands. Islands on which he would create his small Russian empire. I mean, how crazy is this guy? But then, in 2017, the government of the Gambia spoiled everything by denying not just some parts of his story, but they denied the whole story of having given him land and any citizenship. They even denied they ever considered doing any sort of thing for Anton. Now that we have taken a small break from having to think serious thoughts, Let's go back to a more serious note. The Russian Empire's first foray into Africa came in the form of a person by the name Nikolov Ivanovich Ashinov. Ashinov created a Russian settlement in the Horn of Africa in Djibouti, specifically which he could call the New Moscow. However, in 1889, the settlement came to an end as Ashinov's settlement was shut down by the French. It's not clear what Ashinov was trying to achieve with his settlement. However, the same year, the ruler of the Russian Empire, known as the Tsar, sent an official delegation to Menelik II, the then Emperor of Ethiopia. This warming up of relations between the Russian Empire and Ethiopia led to the Russians providing very much needed weapons to Ethiopia in her war against Italy which began from 1895 and ended in 1896. A war which Ethiopia won, by the way. Some historians have concluded that the fact that Russia and Ethiopia shared the same Christian faith was the key to their friendship and partnership. Both countries are aligned with the orthodox version of Christianity. This is all the time we have for for the special episode. Next time we return to normal programming and continue with our Cold War Pawns series. And the next episode will be very juicy. We will be talking about very interesting Chinese history, related to the Cold War, of course. Remember to follow the African Campfire Stories podcast on Twitter, African Campfire Stories, Facebook, African Campfire Stories, Instagram, African Campfire Stories, or visit our website at www.africancampfirestories.com. Please also leave us any comments or any input you may want to communicate with us.